Welcome to Under a Pile of Books. In this episode, I talk with John Auerbach about his inspiration in becoming an author, some of the challenges of self-publishing, and how he came up with the concept for his novel, Guild of Tokens. Here's my interview with John. Hi, everyone. I'm here with John Auerbach, author of Guild of Tokens, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting to chat with him tonight. So, uh, hi, John. Hi, Calvin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. So, to get us started here, I was wondering, what inspired you to become an author? So, I grew up reading a hodgepodge of uh, Asimov and Harry Potter. Uh, the Asimov pushed on me by my dad, who had to, took a few times, but I finally came around. Love the, the Foundation <laughs> books and the robot books. Um, and I had done writing in college. I wrote for my college uh, newspaper. I covered sports. I had a column. Uh, but I didn't really do any kind of fiction writing in college or, or after when I went to law school. And uh, I was watching the, the new run of Battlestar Galactica probably, you know, in, in the mid-aughts. And for some reason, that triggered a desire in me to become a TV writer if the law career didn't work out. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, that was in my third year, so that didn't really seem realistic. Um, <laughs> So I kind of like, you know, but I always I had I guess I had had this desire to kind of tell stories. Um, but what finally set me on the path that I currently find myself on is um, uh, my friend who actually is a TV writer. He uh, has a blog and he linked to a post by Chuck Wendig. Um, so I read that it was like five writing hacks that might actually work. And then uh, I read more on his site and he had these uh, weekly uh, flash fiction prompts. Uh, so oh, I, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. I did one of those, and it kind of it kind of snowballed out from there. Um, I wrote a I wrote a short story. I wrote you know several uh, fits and starts of novels, and and finally you know I kind of went down the I was able to uh, complete my first novel, Guild of Tokens, uh, which I've been working on for the past I guess four years. Wow, yeah. So like that's just to to me that's this huge investment of time. Um, and so I'm like, I'm always grateful to authors because I realize that you, you all like invest these years and then I devour, you know, your novel in like 15 hours. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but, but it's, it's great. It's great. So, you know, as you were, uh, working on short stories or, you know, maybe other novels or whatever, have, have you always sort of written, um, urban fantasy or I guess Guild of Tokens is kind of urban fantasy with maybe lit RPG elements or something like that. Um, but is that kind of your, your thing or have you written uh, or experimented with writing sort of across different genres? So I wrote a short story that could be charitably described as a, a mixture of um, Star Trek fan fiction with Cloud Atlas, and it was actually, I came up with the idea after seeing uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of, I mean, that was, I, so that was the first thing I had kind of written, uh, you know, and self-published, um, you know, that was about five years ago, um, so I don't know, that really kind of defies kind of a genre. Um, yeah, right, and then right. I, and then I worked on kind of a, a portal fantasy um, for, for a bit. And I kind of came around to this, this premise. So I kind of start with kind of like a, an idea for like an interesting premise and kind of just write and see, 
see where that takes me. So I kind of came up, I came around to the the premise of Guild of Tokens. Uh, I guess it's like the beginning of 2015. Um, okay. And I normally, I normally I don't really read a lot of urban fantasy. Probably the the closest I would say is you know Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman, which is one of my mm-hmm. favorite books. But and and then later I, I read, recently read American Gods. But there isn't a lot of kind of I guess quote unquote contemporary fantasy like that. Um, but I'm, I was drawn to that, uh, but I usually read more like epic, epic fantasy, um, which I haven't really tried my hand at as of yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, is that something that maybe one day you hope to? Uh, yeah, I, I have an idea for a different portal fantasy, which I, you know, I've, I've kind of looking at the, what's out there now, like, um, there's a lot of, uh, recent portal fantasy, although I think that the, uh, the 10,000, uh, doors of uh, oh the ten thousand doors of January yeah yeah ten thousand doors of January is about to come out so that that I'm looking forward to reading that but it doesn't you know hasn't been popular recently so I I don't know when I would get around to that I kind of have a broader idea for uh, where I want to take Guild of Tokens and kind of its offshoots uh, for the next cool. several years uh, I well I love I love hearing that because I really enjoyed Guild of Tokens so I I I need more um, yeah. <laughs> so. Whenever it comes to your your writing, then mm-hmm. um, you know whether it be what whatever you're writing when you're when you're kind of starting at the idea phase, which tends to come first for you: character, plot, or setting? I would say a plot or like a loose concept, mm-hmm. uh, and then I kind of do some a little bit of like discovery writing um, to kind of you know, flesh out the story a bit and that will help me kind of develop like the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I've gotten going, you know, I kind of have a better feel for the character and then they kind of, you know, the character can then take over and drive more of the plot. Like once I've gotten my like feet wet, so to speak. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but so it starts with kind of a, the, that, that concept. Um, yeah. And then moves, moves from there. Yeah. No, that that um, that makes a lot of sense, especially because one of the uh, one of the things I loved about uh, Guild of Tokens. So, uh, folks, if you haven't uh, read Guild of Tokens yet, first off, you should totally do that. Uh, but this is uh, Guild of Tokens is is kind of a contemporary urban fantasy set in uh, New York, uh, so it's set in our world. And it's got this really, I think, kind of simultaneously crazy, and yet I could totally see it happening uh, concept. And it's essentially like a quest board, like, uh, you know, World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV or whatever, but in real life, right? So where did you, like, come up with the idea? How did you come up with the idea, uh, John, to... To kind of have basically right this this quest system, if you will, from you know a, a MMORPG, but you know set in real life. It, it's uh, it's unique. I haven't seen it before, and like I said, to me, it's it's kind of one part crazy, but one part I could totally see this happening in real life, and it makes complete sense. Yeah, so I had been doing those flash fiction prompts for a bit, and. I was on Craigslist for some reason, maybe like trying to find tickets to a concert. And if you've 
been on there you know there's so many like random sections and jobs right. and gigs and whatever so i thought wouldn't it be funny if you know it's somewhere in all this clutter someone just put up a section called quests and it was just there and no one really noticed <laughs> so that kind of i had that was kind of the the concept that came to me and i, and I wrote a, a thousand word piece of flash fiction uh, about a person discovering this quest board and doing their first five quests and and that eventually became the prologue to the book um Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I definitely took some inspiration from Neverwhere and, and, a, and a bit of Harry Potter in the sense of this, like, oh, there's like kind of this hidden world uh, just out of yeah. out of reach. Uh, so I spent a lot of time kind of thinking about how, you know, what that would look like. Um, in an earlier draft, I had Jen, the main character, find this like magical night market that you got through by opening a random door that led you out into some like repurposed warehouse, you know, hundred miles away and everyone's kind of, it's kind of, you know, like in Harry Potter, where everyone's appearing out of nowhere. Uh, right, that, right. that seemed a bit too much. Um, so I kind of tried to ground it more by making kind of the magic system less powerful, but at the same time, there are these really powerful relics and items mm -hmm. that do some fantastical things. Um, so that's how I kind of tried to make it kind of realistic, if, if, if you could call it that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, as as realistic as, as magic can be, right? I mean, the whole, the whole concept of fantasy is kind of this... Um, you know, almost wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of kind of thing. I mean, you know, because there is so much magic and fantasy, but, uh, you know, I think in, in Guild of Tokens, you've got, uh, you know, there's this feeling, right, of these these artifacts or maybe something that was, was lost or whatever, yeah. but you know, they're, they're still kind of around. And so maybe certain people have access to them or whatever, or want access to them. So, uh, I really kind of, I liked that aspect of it because the, the magic that was maybe most common seemed almost to be on like the, more like the alchemical side. Yeah. Uh, which was really interesting because that's also something we don't see a lot of, uh, in fantasy in terms of magic kind of being more alchemy than, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, waving your arms and, and spells or whatever. Yeah. I, I am also a big fan of full metal alchemists. So I kind of, I was coming, <laughs> I tried to come up with a name for like what the magic would be called and, and alchemy kind of fit it's kind of more based on, you know, the magic is in the items. It's not really in the person. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of opens up some interesting avenues of, you know, you know, if you combine, you know, you're combining magic, this like resource with, you know, mundane things and, you know, special different types that are kind of affected by, you know, the world around it. And, you know, that kind of gives the different items and not, uh, objects like different properties. So it's kind of like, I wouldn't call it a hard magic system, but they're, you know, it's limited by like, you don't have people like saying a magic word and, and things happening. Uh, so it's kind of grounded right. by like an actual item. Right. Yeah. And there, there are kind of, at least there seem to be, uh, kind of rules a little bit to it in, in terms of, you know, what ingredients, you know, you kind of, what, what you get out of certain ingredients or whatever. So I, yeah. I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was, um, for a magic system, incredibly, uh, realistic, but maybe the better word would actually be just like believable as believable as any magic system can be right but yeah. um 
if if we were to find that magic actually existed in our world, I feel like it would be of the, of the sort that you're you're writing in uh, Guild of Tokens. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually, I read something recently that Isaac Newton, for all of his you know, better qualities, was obsessed with alchemy, you know, the kind of <laughs> mythical alchemy. So it right. may be a, a future future plot point or, or reference coming in, in the future books. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, and you're talking like turning turning lead to gold kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking for the reference now. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of historical references, throughout... Uh, the novel, uh, Guild of Tokens, you, you sort of weave some colonial American history through sort of like some vignettes and some backstory and that kind of thing. And that was also kind of a neat element of the story that that I really enjoyed. What inspired you to include that kind of historical element uh, to things? Because it's not a historical fantasy, but but there's kind of that that historical element to it. Yeah, uh, so I loved uh, the epigraphs in uh, Brandon Sanderson's uh, first Mistborn trilogy. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they have this great, you know, parallel story within a story. And then at the end, he manages to subvert the whole thing in the main (laughs) narrative. You know, what the main characters believe happened is different from what actually happened and what, you know, you, the reader, think is happening in these epigraphs. Uh, And you really have to go back and read it again from the beginning with like this, you know, uh, new knowledge. Um, so right, I really right. like that as as a plot device, and uh, I thought it would be a good way to add some more depth to the world, you know, that Jen is not really realizing at first, because mm-hmm. you have these, you know, epigraphs, and, you know, they're out of this diary that uh, Jen doesn't get her hands on until about, like, a third of the way through uh, the book. Um, but I also like, I could use it to kind of show how, you know, the magic has been used to subtly affect, you know, real-world events. Mm-hmm, have that... Mm-hmm. You have that in in the journal writer Rita, and she turns out she is the reason for for an example. There's these very unexplainable military blunders that the British committed during the Revolutionary War. So I thought, oh well, what if the explanation was that this woman was kind of using her uh, unique magic to kind of influence things? And mm. so I kind of show how she uh, so the epigraphs kind of move forward in time as, as the book goes on and you kind of see what, what, uh, kind of magic she's done and, and kind of, it's like a fun kind of twist on, on history, um, that also ties back to the main narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's that kind of, you know, somehow you, you just, I think you did a fantastic job of making, uh, sort of making this, the story fit in, you know, maybe those those places in history where there's a question about, you know, okay, so why did the British kind of blunder in this way, um, militarily speaking, during the American Revolution? So, to me, it's 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 really kind of just an interesting thing that you've done, and I really it's kind of unique. I I like it a lot. So, thank you. Yeah, I can go down rabbit holes where I'm just kind of reading. You know, you know, the what actually happened is probably kind of stranger than what you know one could come up with so mm-hmm. it's, it's a good you know it's a good uh, well of ideas to draw on yeah yeah exactly so you have um self-published yes. uh, your books mm-hmm. and so you know i i read a lot of uh self-published fantasy i've um interviewed and i interact with on on twitter and and uh other sort of online communities a lot of self-published authors and so i'm i'm curious sort of to to hear from you 
what what you would maybe you know in your mind what maybe the best thing about self-publishing is and then maybe maybe the the worst thing or or maybe the most difficult thing about self-publishing yeah i mean one of the great things is about self-publishing is you kind of have the freedom to experiment with different types of stories you know formats lengths release schedules and you look at what uh michael j sullivan is doing with the the back half of his Legends of the First Empire series. You know, he's, mm, releasing, mm-hmm. he's releasing three books in the span of a year, um, which a traditional publisher wouldn't necessarily go for. Um, and the other thing, you know, so at the end of Guild of Tokens, the other main character, Beatrice, is kind of left hanging. Um, so if I, you know, if I wanted to, let's say, it was, you know, if I had a, like a, a lot of people writing and saying, oh, we want more Beatrice, I could, you know, okay, well, I'm going to create a side series and write that for a bit and put that out. Um, you just have a lot. Of, you have a lot of freedom to kind of uh, take advantage of opportunities like that. You obviously have, you know, full control over marketing, pricing, advertising. You know, there's a lot of different ways to reach readers. So there's a good thing, but it's it's also a double-edged sword. It's it's difficult to kind of you know figure out like what you should be doing. Um, you know, there's so much great mm-hmm. you know fantasy books out there. There's so much great indie fantasy. Um, you, know, you still have a lot of people who tend to gravitate towards only traditionally published books, which you know myself included. Um, I think we moved past the stage where self-publishing was kind of frowned upon as you know the avenue you took if you, you know, you got turned down by traditional publishing. Um, now you see you have a lot of indie authors being acquired by uh, the big five, mm-hmm. and then you have mm-hmm. indie authors who are just super successful, continuing to stay you know independently published. Um, but between all that, it's, it's tough. And between you know all those books that are out there and everything else vying for our attention, it's kind of tough to get people to to take notice. You know, I um, you know I was reading Hugh Howey's old blog entries, and you know he wrote a great story. Obviously, uh, you know I loved the uh, the Silo series, but like in 2011, 2012, there wasn't as many like books up on on the Kindle store. So you had these people kind of just posting things, and it would just kind of take off without nothing. And you know, <laughs> right, the, right. the market has matured, and you can't do that anymore. Um, so it's definitely hard in that respect, but it's, that's why the, the self-published fantasy blog off, which I've entered Guild of Tokens in is, is such a great thing. It's kind of this kind of community, uh, that's come together around the contest. Uh, it's like celebrating indie, uh, indie fantasy books. And there's all these people who are, you know, uh, helping, you know, you obviously get, you know, reviewed by your judge, but all these other different blogs are offering interviews and features. And, you know, that's a kind of a great way to get your name out there. Um, sure. Okay. And I mean, as a, as a reader, um, Spiffbo has been one of the things that has, um, sort of just opened to me all sorts of great, uh, self-published fantasy. You know, it's, I think from, from kind of the reader's perspective, one of the, one of the difficult things about, um, self-published fantasy is that it's, it's sometimes difficult to find it uh, meaning you know there's not a there's not a catalog there's not you know obviously shelf space or that kind of thing at you know your local brick and mortar store or you know your local library and so where do you find uh, new books uh, now Rob J Hayes has kind of his you know he does that uh, like upcoming releases uh, thing each month yeah which is great, but there are still so many that, that don't get listed on there. And so uh, the blog off has been a great way to here are 300 titles that I might be interested in uh, each year. And uh, obviously I can't read all of those. 
in a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just I can't do it. But there's a lot of a really great, I think, opportunity there to to discover new authors and, and that kind of thing. So um, and, and I really appreciate um, authors who are willing to, to put themselves out there. I imagine that sort of the, the contest can be uh, quite anxiety producing, you know, as you're waiting to see, you know, oh, you know, does my, you know, blog, my judge or whatever, you know, do they like it? Do they not? Do they, what, what do they say about it? Um, but but I, I really appreciate folks having the willingness to, to put themselves out there um, because it lets me kind of get all sorts of new stuff uh, on my radar. So, yeah, same here. I, I found a lot of uh, indie fantasy books. So I, I followed the contest, I guess, two years ago. It was, it was the finals already. So I was just kind of um, looking at the, you know, waiting for each of the kind of the final reviews to come in. And then last year I was I was following it from the beginning and kind of, you know, I was finishing up. I was, you know, working on Guild of Tokens. I was trying to see, you know, who's out there that's kind of similar. And as you said, it's like, here's this great, here's a crop of 300 independently fantasy books. Like, go look through it and, and mm-hmm. find what you like. So that's how I kind of met a, a, a great group of authors through that. And, you know, now we're, you know, we're doing it again. You know, we started again in June and, and there's, you know, there's, there's more authors I'm discovering through that, uh, through this year's contest. So it's, it's great. Yeah, it really is. It really is a great, um, a great contest. Speaking of finding authors, mm-hmm. uh, where can folks find you um, and your books online? Uh, you can find me at my website, uh, johnauerbach.com, or you can also go to guildoftokens.com because that's probably easy to remember. Uh, so that'll take you to the series page, and you'll find links there. Uh, the books are available on Amazon. Uh, I have an audiobook version coming out in the fall. Uh, I'm also on Goodreads. And I'm on Twitter at J.A. Auerbach. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, to talk with me tonight, John. Thanks, Rick. Thanks again for having me, Calvin.